man, I gotta stop for a minute. All right, smoke them if you got them. I'll call Fishburne and check in. Exclusivore, Mastrol, and I were taking a break from climbing to the top of an unfinished skyscraper. We'd learned from Mayor Radienko that Fishburne had fled, but his core team of hackers was still there. And we were going to get him. We all wore wireless Bluetooth earbuds and conference with FBI Special Agent Sam Fishburne. Fishburne said, When you get to the top, we need you to physically rewire their network. This time their command and control is right here in this building. Gotcha. What's the latest on Syndictive's attack? Is it bad? Uh, the U.S. has been knocked down to the Stone Age. Right now we're really here to top of our phone calls and being physically on-site in front of a terminal. But every NATO base CERT is working with Cyber Command trying to mitigate. You want us to come back down and help? No, keep going. Hey, Fishburne, how are my parents doing at your house? They're good. They're good. Loretta and my daughters are enjoying them. So you don't worry about that. You focus on getting up to that penthouse. Man, my knee hurts already. I don't think I can continue. Yeah, you'll be fine, Mastrol. Fishburne, keep us posted. We dropped the conference call to save batteries. All right, let's go. Wait a minute, man. You're not my boss. I don't have time to argue. On your feet. We started climbing again. If it were a finished skyscraper and Mastrol wasn't limping, it would take maybe 20 minutes to climb to the top. As it was, the stairwells were completed only on staggered ends of the building. So we climbed, walked through an unfinished floor to the other end of the building, and then climbed again. We stopped for a break every other floor so Mastrol could rest his knee. On the brink of the 23rd floor, Mastrol said, Look, I get why you need me, but I'm just not going to be able to continue. Yes, you are. I don't like being told what to do. Do it for your country. I'm Canadian, man. No, you aren't. I know what you can do, exclusive war. Todd? I want her... To give the story about her base jump hat. I've already told you. On the record, you tell the story and I record it on my phone. Todd. I'd be a god on the Dark World forums if I got the saga from the legend herself, man. Okay, I promise I will sit and tell you all about it when we are done here. No, I want it done right now. I'm going to record a video on my phone. We need to keep climbing. Okay. You tell me the story, dear Embrace. Deal? It's too dark for your phone to record anything. The acoustic... Deal? Fine. Deal. So on the 25th floor, Mastrol recorded while Exclusivore explained how she ascertained Syndictive had killed her brother. Exclusivore swore she was going to make it World War Four. After weeks of hacking and digging, she found little more than murmured mysteries, whispered histories, and had barely any victories. On the 27th and 29th floors, Exclusivore discussed her discovery that Syndictive was detected in Texas, and she learned Major Telecom commanded the top three floors of a downtown Dallas Tech palace. 
According to her analysis, all information in and out of North Texas flowed to the top three floors of the Bank of America building, the second tallest skyscraper in the South. I discovered the one central position in which the NSA could listen in. This was Exclusive Or's first big mission win, an omniscient position in which to intercept transmission. All she had to do was tap into the bug the NSA had surely already wired in its place. On the 31st and 33rd, Exclusive Or said scouting was common sense, so she ate in the restaurants to do reconnaissance. She watched virtual building tours on YouTube, partied at the private nightclub near the top and attended meetings with businesses leasing space. She got a vibe of the place. She devised and revised and strategized in case. But there was an obstacle. How could I get back down without a trace? She knew she could get in past security. She had a plan for concealing the exfiltration device. She could handle the adrenaline, but then had no idea how to skate back down 72 floors unnoticed again. But then... On the 35th floor, Exclusive War said... One night, I was drunk in the city club. Staring out the window down at Dallas. The City Club is a private nightclub in Dallas, high up in the Bank of America skyscraper. Downtown is small. There's a lot of open space around. And it hit me. I just jumped. Mastrol's excitement grew. On the 39th floor, Exclusive War lit a cigarette and described learning about base jumping, about taking skydiving classes near Fort Worth. She watched YouTube videos about base jumping, how to calculate the size of the specialized pilot chute, how to pack it, how to judge the wind, and then she climbed a radio tower near Amarillo. It was torture going up, climbing that little skeleton of a ladder. It was windy. The tower swayed. It took all of my nerve. I puked once. The heights were one thing, but the tower swayed so much that I got motion sick too. I got the pilot chute in my hand and I held on there, trying to summon the nerve to let go fall from the wrong side and the chute would tangle with the tower and the dance would be done. So I climbed around to the downwinds. I got the rhythm of the swaying. Back and forth. Back and forth. Just feeling it. I had to push off at the right time then, while I fell, I had to pause a beat to clear the tower then throw the pilot chute out away from me. Holy fuck, man. This shit is gold. Okay, let's keep climbing. Wait, how was the landing? It ended up being no problem. Piece of cake. Whoa. On the 41st, Exclusive War went into a corner and peed. While she was away, Mastrol said, This is incredible. I have fucking Exclusive War on video, dude. I'm going to get laid so much from this. Uh, what about Preacher? Oh, she's into it. Before we climbed again, Exclusive War described the notorious and extreme Dallas spring wind and how she was in a hurry, so... In late March 2016, she partied at the City Club five nights in a row and slowly stashed more and more gear in the ceiling panels of the ladies' room. Then, resting on the 43rd floor, Exclusive War said, 
So, I met a handsome older guy who got me into the city club. About 1 a.m., I ditched the asshole, climbed into the ceiling in the ladies' room, and waited. It was 3 a.m. when I dropped back out. I changed into my jumpsuit. I climbed the final three floors, at one point having to go up over a railing on the outside. That sucked even more than the Amarillo radio tower. The comm room was just as I had hoped. The NSA wasn't even trying to be discreet. Since it was so physically difficult to get in there, they had literally no on-site security. I planted my Dropbox on a knackless port and stashed it behind a nest of wires. Then... Then, she had to get back down. She planned to jump. On the 45th floor, we took our last break. The penthouse was next. I was nervous. I told them I had to pee, and I went behind a pallet of cinder blocks. Exclusive work came over, smoking a cigarette. I said, whoa, I'm taking a leak here? She walked right up and said, I don't understand you. What do you mean? If I was a guy, I'd be pissing off the side of the building. You're passing up a golden opportunity. No way I'm getting that close to the edge. My legs would be jelly. I don't know how you climbed that radio tower. I mean, damn. She was close enough. I could see her roll her eyes, even in the dark. Hey, have you spoken to Sam about the DOE job? Uh, not quite. Do it. I want you working there as soon as all this wraps up. I wanted to protest, but yeah, whatever. I just nodded. I could hear my own voice waver when I said, One more floor to go. Exclusivore nodded and flicked her cigarette over the side of the building. We walked back over to Mass Troll. He said, Okay, last video about the jump. This is this fucking awesome shit, man. I'm gonna get some respect now. I bet they make me a full moderator. No, we've wasted enough time. I'll finish the story after we're back down at the bottom. We're rested, we're ready, it's time. Let's go. During the climb, we found about half the levels were secured by a fence welded in place, blocking the stairwell. Each had a gate secured by a hefty padlock. The first couple of gates, we alternated picking the locks, but it was slow. On the 13th floor, we found a rusty bolt cutter and carried it with us from there. The bolt cutters snapped the final padlock in a heartbeat. Exclusive Or and I started up the stairwell to the penthouse. She turned and said, Come on, Todd. I'm not moving. Until I have the final chapter of the story, man. I was kind of rooting for Mastrol here. I knew Exclusive would never give him the rest of the story. No way she wanted a video like that making the rounds. Later, Todd. The West is in chaos right now. This has taken us long enough. You're the one delaying it. Exclusive glared at him, then snapped. She walked over and said, Get out your phone then. Let's do this. Mastrol had bested exclusive war. I was amazed she finished the story. I stood at the railing on the 75th floor for probably 10 minutes. I tried to find any way I could to get out of that building without jumping. But I knew that I would be spotted a hundred ways to the sun, and my Dropbox would be found, and I would lose any chance I had of finding Syndictive. I sucked it up, and I jumped. There you go. Come on, man. 
What about the lady? We are wasting time. Fine. I, uh, I threw my pilot chute too early. It snagged and got twisted. It partially opened, but my descent was too fast. I was out of control and it was windy. I got disoriented. Thought I was gonna... Thought I was going to die. I remember falling, tumbling, head over heels, and realizing he was going to get away with it. Syndictive wouldn't pay for killing Sergei. I had failed. But a miracle. My chute suddenly deployed, just in time. And it was right then that I knew I was destined to get my revenge. And now Syndictive's entire team is one floor above me. I'm gonna pummel each one of them until they tell me where Syndictive is. Let's fucking go. What about Claire, man? What do you do to Claire? The Dark World forums say you murdered- Todd, there is no way you can share all these recordings with your buddies on Dark World. If I throw you and your fucking phone off this building. Okay, man, let's go already. I was nervous as we crept up the stairs under the penthouse level. We barricaded the exit, but no one was going to get out that way anyway. The penthouse was incredible. Just beautiful, opulent, a helipad, rose garden, heated pool, driving range, putting green, outdoor theater, dance floor. We stopped in conference with Fishburne again. Fishburne said, I'm not expecting much security up at the penthouse, just hackers. Most of the mayor's bodyguards are down here at ground level. Mass Troll had examined the helicopter. He said, Their chopper is an EC-130T2. Max seating is seven, including the pilot. That means four trips, maybe five if they want everybody. No one leaves this rooftop. Not the hackers, not the mayor. Exclusive War pointed at the helicopter and whispered, Get it disabled. When you're done, let me and Sam know. I'm going to secure the mayor so he can't make any more phone calls. D, after that, cut their power. She took a deep breath, exhaled, and said, Go. Mastrol and I crept to the helipad, and I kept watch while Mastrol gracefully slid under the low helicopter and opened a panel and started surgically slicing wires and hoses. Two minutes later, he slid out and smiled broadly. I whispered into my earbuds. Helicopter is disabled. Mastrol said, This is so cool. I've always wanted to sabotage something. We went through the door Exclusive War had gone through, then followed a trunk of networking cable. The networking cables were zip-tied together, about as thick as my thigh, and prevented doors from closing. It was lucky for us, as it prevented them from arming security alarms. Then we found their ops floor in what appeared to be a nightclub. We walked right in. I saw the mayor talking to a man in the middle of the floor. There was a disco ball and columns of speakers. Syndicta's hacker army was hunched over their computers like abused robots. I could see my own reflection in the mirrors lining the walls. And in the mirror, I saw the look on my face when I saw her. She was beautiful. No, gorgeous. Endlessly smart. Just seeing her reminded me why I had fallen in love with her. But wait, why is she here? My head spun. I felt disoriented. No. 
This is all wrong. Astro whispered. You okay, man? Looks like you saw a ghost. I had not seen a ghost, but someone who shouldn't be there. I stood up. Mastrol grabbed my arm. What are you doing? I walked right into the middle of the room, and I said, Avanta? She looked up, and her face fell. I meant to speak, but I couldn't. Avanta? Here? Helping Syndictive again? All I could say was, Baltimore. Chaos engulfed us as I realized the man in the middle of the room was vindictive. The mayor had lied. Exclusivor flew into the room yelling at the mayor, who started yelling something in Ukrainian. Syndictive grabbed Avanta's arm and they ran. I couldn't move. Avanta had returned to Syndictive. I thought she was in love with me. I thought she was in a Baltimore hospital. Next thing I knew, Exclusive War was streaking past me, yelling, Cut the power, D! Hurry! I looked at Mastrol and said, Todd, cut the power. I gotta do this. I followed Exclusive War, who was chasing Syndictive and the others toward the helicopter. The mayor was in the pilot seat trying to start it. One of Syndictive's hackers tripped and fell. I hurtled her. I saw Syndictive run right past the helicopter without a glance. Exclusive War was ten seconds behind them. Then me, five seconds later. Syndictive pulled Avanta through a door on the far side of the roof. As I sprinted past a disabled helicopter, I looked at Mayor Rodienko and yelled, You've been pwned by Mastrol! Right as I said it, the bright lights from the helipad cut, and we were plunged into darkness. Then I got to the door. I opened it and I crept in. It was dark and I was blind. What was Avanta doing back with Syndicta? Fuck me. I should have never left her in Baltimore. The voice beside me said, D, this is fucking great. The mayor lied. Syndictive is here. I said to the darkness. And Avanta. I saw that. No wonder this attack was so well planned. But we've got them cornered. The only way down is those stairs. Fuck yeah! We got them! Just then, down a long hallway, another door opened. I saw the moon through the doorway, then the outlines of two figures exited. Exclusive or I jumped up and ran. Down the hallway. Through the door. Out into the rooftop garden. I looked left, then right. On the fringe of the garden. On the top of the thick marble parapet. On the edge of the roof. No. Stood Avanta and Syndictive. Facing us. No. No, no, no. On the edge. No, 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 no. I saw Avanta glance over the edge of the building, just inches from where she stood. Syndictive said, Stay where you are, or we'll jump. Exclusivor started walking. She said, Go ahead. Jump, Syndictive. I don't care if you die. I grabbed Exclusivor's arm and shouted, No, no, no! Avanta is petrified of heights. Don't! Relax. They aren't going to... Jump? Jump? It happened in an instant. I saw Avanta peek at the ground almost 200 meters below. I saw her shudder. I couldn't tell if her legs gave out or if she jumped. No, 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 no way. Syndicta pushed her. His arm extended. I saw his arm extend. I saw it. Avanta fell. Syndictive grinned, his big, wide smile. Avanta grasped at him, grasped at the building, at anything, at nothing. 
and I tried to run. I swear, I tried to run. But my legs wouldn't let my eyes see her die. I felt exclusive wars hate. Vindictive had killed her brother. I hadn't understood how it felt. I'd never felt this kind of kind of kind of I'd never felt this never felt this kind of kind of I want to say I never felt such a loss but what I gained was hate was hate Syndictive said. See, I told you would jump. You pushed her. Ah, pushed, jump. We stood in a standoff for a moment, Syndictive smiling widely. We couldn't let him jump to his death. I needed to strangle him myself. Then, slowly, like someone flopping backwards into a snowbank, Syndictive leaned back and fell. I yelled, No! Exclusive Horde, I broke into a sprint, but we were too late. Syndictive fell casually, carelessly, cool. In a cloud of frustrating, nonchalant, Syndictive disappeared over the edge. I should have been relieved it was over. Syndictive was finally done. But I was pissed. I didn't want to just see him die. I wanted to feel the air leaving as I squeezed the last breath from his lungs. I wanted to hear him gasp as I blocked any breath from again entering. Exclusivor and I raced to the parapet. We looked over the side of the building and... Motherfucker! We watched as two parachutes floated down in the dark sky, down to a field below. I couldn't believe it. My heart pounded. I could dance. I grabbed Exclusivore and yelled, She's alive! I watched as both canopies glided toward the ground. I'd never seen Exclusivore look so angry. Scratch that. I've never seen anyone look so angry. Syndictive had won again. The next thing I knew, Mastrol joined us at the edge. He had his phone out and was recording Syndictive and Avanta landing in a field across the street. Holy shit, they base jumped too? Epic! I can't believe I got this on video. I'm gonna be a fucking Dark World celebrity. Exclusivore reached across me and smacked the phone out of Mastrol's hand. Seconds passed like minutes and we watched by the faintest of streetlights far below and we saw the phone land and silently burst into pieces. Exclusivor said, Well, guess you're not gonna make moderator now. Exclusivor stalked away. I put my arm around Mastrol and we both sank onto the rooftop. He looked as stunned as I felt. Hey, thanks for listening. I'm Hans Anderson, creator of Exclusivore, also narrator and the voice of Distinctive, and a member of the Dallas Hackers Association. 
Some of the voices you heard in this recording are also members of the DHA. Mobius played Exclusivor, Whiskey Neon played Mastrol, and Tinker played Sam Fishburne. You also heard the sinister voice of one of my former bosses, and I'm not even kidding about that. He goes by Steve Matthews. I also wrote and produced this episode. I composed the music for this episode, except for one super awesome track from Cinema Beats called Story to Tell. That's what you're hearing right now. The next episode will drop soon. Check out the show notes for links to our website, Instagrams, and Twitters. President's a crook. Well, I'm not a crook. Well, I'd like to suggest there is no such thing as a left or right. There's only an up or down. Those who would trade our freedom for security have embarked on this downward course. Just give it to us. We ask ourselves if we still know the freedoms that were intended for us by the founding fathers. Straight from the heart. Not too long ago, two friends of mine were talking to a Cuban refugee. A businessman who had escaped from Castro. And in the midst of his story, one of my friends turned to the other and said, we don't know how lucky we are. Cuban stopped and said, how lucky you are. I had some place to escape to. Give it to me straight.